government officials insist that this is an isolated incident. Yes, Folks, thanks for tuning in to listen to the very first episode of Outpatient. It is November 4th, 2021, and I've wanted to make this podcast for a little while now. I am very excited to do it. I really am interested in seeing who the listeners may be to make a big uh, network of hopefully a support network. I really want to help others. I've been dealing with uh, being diagnosed with bipolar disorder since 2000 and I would say probably 2005 when I was in college and have dealt with it since. I just had a birthday a couple days back and now I am 38 years old and have been on medicine for a long time uh, and now on steady meds, the same medicine uh, for the past, I'd say, at least 10 years. It's working for me. Um, I'm at a point where I just feel like the, everything is at a level playing ground, playing field. And um I'm at a point where I'm not a medical doctor. I have no certificates of any kind of medical degrees or anything like anything like that. And I can't offer any medical advice, any mental health advice in that regard where you can take my take my word for it. Uh, disclaimer here, you know, this is just going to be a, more along the lines of um, being a support. Uh, definitely would love to talk to many, many, many people, try to help as many as I can, if I can, uh, be support, be there for you uh, with my stories or just answering questions if you have questions. But I'm, I'm at the point where I feel very comfortable talking about this, and I figured that if I can give advice, I would love to do so. So please, I would love to have you call in uh, or even send emails in about uh, things you want to talk about or if you want to be on the podcast to discuss things or to just ask questions. We also have a, a Gmail. It's outpatientpodcast at gmail.com uh, where you can reach out there. Uh, please feel free to do so. I keep everything anonymous. Um, so it's, uh, you know, that would be something if you wanted to reveal anything about yourself, that's completely up to you, but I understand being anonymous and talking in an environment that is so, um, so I figured a good place to start would just kind of be, uh, and for this first episode would just kind of be to tell you from where I started to where I am right now, uh, and then maybe give some tips along the way. And then we'll, we'll end the podcast and, um, Again, I'll tell you where you can reach out um, to, so we can start kind of building a network of, of, of support for each other and, and where you can, might be able to call in or leave voicemails. So going back, um, I started – so really, you know, it, it's kind of a mixed bag for me, uh, maybe for others. But, you know, I definitely had – 
I would say, I'm going to give you kind of a life story here because this is where it gets confusing with bipolar disorder. Uh, this, this show will be about mental health in general too, but also I'll focus a lot on bipolar disorder because that's what I have, uh, was that what I was diagnosed with. And it started back where, well, I will say in school, I always had a rough time. Um, in, in it's, that kind of started in, uh, in middle school, uh, and kind of went into high school for sure. And then into college and after college, and then, then into the workforce and then to where I am now. Um, and I've had to learn how to deal with it. And even being on the right medicines, I still had to learn some extra things to keep me even more stable and to make my uh, future for myself. And because I'm at the point now, which is not the best I can be, I could be even better. But um, I'm always striving to be better. But I feel like it's time to give back. Uh, I do believe strongly, and someone told me this once before, that um, to be your own advocate, because I have been, um, uh, I've been locked in in a in a mental institution for um, for I think a week and a half before, and that was something we'll get into as well, where um, it was during a manic episode uh, that I did have, and. Um, and you have to be locked in for a certain period of time. It's not really a voluntary program that, that I was at. Um, and they just have to get you stabilized and make sure they can release you and, and do what they do there. But we're going to get into that too. So back when, you know, I think anxiety was always a big part of my life. Um, say my parents had a pretty rough divorce and that probably caused a lot of anxiety and, 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 then kind of going through all that for many years into into middle school from elementary school uh and then changing schools at elementary school i had a bunch of friends there i felt pretty comfortable with um and then going into a different high school um it was actually i changed schools uh after elementary and went to a different school for for middle school and then high school and it wasn't the best environment for me um I was uh, very much a homebody, which may or may not have to do with the, 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 the diagnosis of this disorder. Um, I would definitely have attention, to, you know, problems, I'll just call them. And I, I, and, and I don't know if it was the school that didn't really teach me how to learn. I wish I had been taught how to learn, how to study, stuff like that. I think that is probably a school's job probably a little bit of parents' job. And then of course, you know, partly my job to, to take that in and learn it. Um, so maybe that's part of where my struggle was because a lot of that was academics that I could have done better at and been more focused at. Uh, a lot of it was just in my head and I was trying to figure all things out. And that's how sometimes it goes with anyone uh, in middle school and high school. So I didn't have a pleasant experience there. It was a real struggle with the, the divorce and all these things that it created uh, along with possibly, you know, early onset, you know, bipolar disorder mixed with whatever else, whatever else. Which the whatever else was, I'll even getting into it right now, uh, the first episode, just to kind of put it all on the table. Um, you know, I was also had a sexual abuse as a child, um, uh, not from anybody in my family, but it was from someone else um, that went on for a period of time. And um, I reported that to the police and had to deal with that for a little while. And it's something I deal with 
uh, to this day that I'm still, you know, seek counseling for and seek, um, you know, therapy for, and I need to get back into therapy. Actually, I re highly recommend that things that I recommend too will be, it, I would definitely want to recommend things along the way. And a lot of those is research, being your own advocate and, uh, working out exercising as well as seeing, uh, you know, your therapist along with the psychiatrist, of course, I always recommend having, uh, the psychiatrist, psychiatrist, a therapist, exercising and, researching to be your own advocate. Those are like the four cornerstones of being on the forefront of whatever diagnosis that you have. And, and, and in this case, I'm talking about bipolar disorder, but it could be for all, all mental health, depending, you know, I can't make that statement because I don't know what everyone else is dealing with. But, um, after high school, I was extremely nervous to go to college. I picked a school that was very, very south of the state where I lived. So I was able to get a small uh, writing scholarship as well as a, a scholarship for being in state. Uh, both those lasted about a year, maybe two years. And, 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 you know, I still had to pay for other stuff and the rest of my college. I'm still paying it off and paying student loans. That's another story. Um, but going from going from uh, high school to college was a big jump and I was more of an immature uh I would say more innocent immature I didn't really I, I really liked to be more guarded in, in high school and middle school I liked the wholesome approach to things I didn't really smoke or drink I I wasn't one of those quote unquote bad kids. I, I didn't enjoy any of that. That made me always kind of nervous. And if I ever did, you know, I, I had my phases, but um, that always made me kind of manic. I mean, I wasn't me. So uh, even to use the term, it might not have been right for then, but I, I'm using it now because it seems that way. Looking back on it, I didn't have to do a lot of the things that I did do. And then I kind of compare it to my life now. And I've had those ups and downs throughout until my, all up to this uh this current, uh, day. So <clears throat> then going, going into college and going into a dorm room with somebody stranger, um, living I mean, subpar dorms, uh, it was kind of, I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. It, the first year was, was real tough. Um, I, I think my roommate and I orig originally got along very well. And then, uh, we were very different, uh, people and, we just kind of were into different things. I, I was definitely very shy, very nervous, you know, for a big campus. I was at a small high school and I was at a big, big college and I didn't have any, my family there. I didn't feel like I had a support structure. Uh, I didn't know I had bipolar disorder if I even had it then. I guess that, you know, you can have it and not have it diagnosed. So I had a lot of downs. I had a lot of ups and downs there. A lot of really, really hard times where I just felt like I was on my own and I just kind of had to really bear down and grit and cry. And that was new to me um, as far as just really letting it go. And then getting into, um, I guess I just kind of found a small group of people who, I think we're probably pretty shy and they were a different kind of group and I kind of fell into that and that made me feel a little bit better. And, and going into the second year of college, I still lived in the dorms. I had a, a different roommate. It was almost the exact opposite of me. I think that he was a little more confident. He was, he was very, very nerdy kind of, uh, um, 
kind of a video game computer PC uh, guy, um, which is very cool. I mean, I, I, I did that too, but at that time I was into starting to get into uh, feeling, I was feeling very comfortable. I had, I had suffered my first year to, I pushed myself to, I had suffered through that first year and, and because of that, but I did kind of go around the whole campus and kind of looked around what was there and what can I get into for the next three years and, um, how could I, how could I live on this campus or live throughout this college experience? How could I even finish school? How could I, um, really just survive it? was what I was doing. I was surviving. And by the end of the first year of school and into the second one, I, my confidence had grown so much. And a lot of that had to do with the mapping in my head of the, of where things were on campus. And then my new roommate and then seeing others like not know what to do and then see some other shy kids, it made me feel like, wait a minute, I'm a little more senior in the fact that to use that word, um, so to speak, that I kind of knew these things. So it gave me this confidence, like, wait, you know, maybe a lot more kids were like me when we, when I first started and that released a lot of nervous anxiety from me. And I started feeling even more confident and I was, you know, my, my second room and roommate and I got along much better. Um, I understood, first of all, I already had a roommate for a year. So I understood kind of how it went and how to, how to, how to, uh, share, you know, with, with somebody in, in the best way. Um, and I started getting into exercise a lot. So what I learned there was I just had to exercise one day. I just started, I had the weights in my dorm room and I would just start lifting in front of the mirror actually. And it really helped. I would, I would, I think I would take my shirt off. Sometimes I'd have it on, but some of some, sometimes I'd take it off so I could see the progression as I was lifting. I could see my muscles. I could see what was, what was being developed. Um, I would just do bicep curls and then I would do, I would take the two dumbbells and I lift them over my head and kind of do some over the head. Uh, I don't even know what they're called, but that was to develop like my shoulders and a little bit of my pecs. Um, and then I would run. So we had a really great gym, like a state-of-the-art gym. I think they did it over once again or twice over. But it was a state-of-the-art gym, and I would run to the gym uh, from my dorm, and I would work out. Um, and then I would run home. And then I would take a shower, and I just felt amazing. I was calm, so much calmer. Uh, I was building muscle. Um, I had a more structure in my day because of it. And every time I did that, I just felt felt really good. I felt really calm. At this time, I wasn't on, I don't think, any medicine. Um, but I kept doing that consistent, consistently. And I was uh, also growing my hair out um, as well. Um, I think I was going to cut it then. I think at the end of the first year, maybe the end of the second. I don't know. For some reason, I was growing my hair out the first year. And the second year, I was growing it out. But I cut it a little bit around my ears in the back. And it just looked really good. I just felt I felt really good. I felt like the person that I really wanted to be in high school, like this really um, a more fit person who is calmer, more mature, just um, just who I really wanted to be. I just was in a good place right then. And then... Um, what had happened was I did that for a long time. I, I, 
I got, I, I started making some new friends. I made a lot of friends. Some people I didn't want to really be friends with. I had to really end some friendships because I didn't think they were good uh, for me. Um, and then I met some other friends who actually were into smoking pot uh, and playing guitar. And I had, I had brought some guitars up with me and that's, I learned to play guitar on campus. There's everyone there was playing. I mean, it was a cool laid back campus outside the dorms. Kids would, would sit and play and you would just kind of learn how to play from then. We just, we were just self-taught a lot of us. Some kids had, had some teaching before, but we all were playing these cool, we were playing like dashboard confessional. We were playing Goo Goo doll songs. I mean, we had, it was a great music scene. You would have kids that, I mean, we were, me and some other kids weren't, weren't not me specifically were, I wasn't very talented. I learned from, from myself and from them and was able to play like these riffs and then learn chords and learn power chords and kind of play with some people here and there. I couldn't sing. I knew a few people who probably could sing. And then there were these guys who could do both and could do it really well. And they lived in some of the dorms with our dorm and the dorm near us. And there were some even more spectacular individuals who had bands and they played all around the town and we would go and see them all the time. And it was just a really special thing to be able to be so close to such talent. You would just be passing them in the hallways uh, in the dorms or in the, 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 the halls uh, of the school and be like, Hey, what's up? And I saw your set yesterday. It was, it was awesome. And them being cool to you. Um, it's kind of like you're seeing your own version of a rock star. You're going to school with rock stars in that sense. I mean, these, these people were young and they were so talented and, and you saw them all the time. So it was a very special time in that too. So there's just, College is a big, it's almost, I see it as a collage of just life, a big collage of life that you go to for four or five years, you get your degree and then you leave and, you know, you, you try to stay in touch with people that you thought were, that you think are good people or good friends. And those ended up fading away from me, but for the most part, I had some relationships there. So probably my third year, my, my end of my second year, I started smoking pot with some of my friends and that, that is an experiment i think everyone experienced with some form of drugs looking back i i, pr I probably wouldn't have done it because it, i think it did tailspin me into a manic episode which is kind of how this first had started or it swung me into something where i went to the doctor and then i ended up telling them that i did have a sexual assault when i was younger because that that when that had that had been so i didn't tell anybody and so I went to school counselor. I just, I think the, the weed, I think I was paranoid. And I just, I was like, I need to talk to somebody. Ended up going to the school counselor, sitting down and talking with him. And just kind of all that stuff kind of came out. Like the first, second, and third kind of um, meeting or, uh, you know, therapy session. And I had to deal with all that along with school and hours. And and, and, and I was doing extracurricular stuff too. And and still trying to figure out like how I'm going to tell my parents. And I was just very anxious. It, the anxiety had come back. And and I don't know how much I'd smoke pie if I kept doing much more of it. But, um, you know, the exercise started going away more. And I started kind of being a little depressed. I did meet someone who I ended up being in a relationship for like four years. We ended up moving in together for the last – For I live on my own for the next year, uh, my um, junior year. Uh, and, and that was probably not the best choice. I didn't have a, the greatest roommate, uh, nothing against them personally. I, I just, it wasn't a good mix. Uh, and to be honest with you, I was, I was wanting to be alone. And I, I think that's when, yeah, I was wanting to be alone. I started getting more into smoking and just being with my girlfriend and, and uh, us doing our thing. And then 
Um, just that's when I kind of spiraled out of control in my junior year. Uh, you know, wasn't working out as much. Was living pretty far from campus, and that's my when I had my first sort of manic episode. And it just was uh, truly a manic episode. I think one day I was driving home from uh, filming something because I did. Uh, I focused on video um, production in for my degree, and some of the extracurricular stuff that I did after school was to go and film like basketball games and football games, and like I filmed the theater act. I'll go to the theater and film like a ballet, um, a few more things like that, and I did some Habitat for Humanity. Um, so I, I guess I might've been spread a little thin, but obviously if I was still working out and I didn't, didn't do the, do the smoke any weed, I would probably be, I'd probably be okay. Uh, I wouldn't have lost my way home. And basically that's what happened. I was driving and I, I couldn't remember how to get back to my, um, to where I lived, to, to my apartment. And it was very scary. I was extremely nervous and I was like, how is this possible? I probably was, uh, under the influence of, 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 uh, of weed, but, uh, I didn't never, never really, um, drank and drove. Uh, That wasn't my thing. I never really drank. That wasn't my thing either. So I ended up, um, like calling my girlfriend, try to get home and she, she was able to help me get home. And then I was, I think I was, maybe it was just so high and that triggered like so much anxiety and so much paranoia and so much mania that when you're in that kind of thing, it's like the, to me, it's like hell. It's, it's hell. It's almost like purgatory and hell combined. It's this thing where you really don't know how to describe it other than you're super paranoid. You're not calm. It's something where you just want to, you know, the worst thing is you want to like take a chill pill and just sit down. You know, I was always worried I'm one of these people that worried about schoolwork and I wanted to make sure I was never getting behind. And I knew if I took too much time to relax, I would get behind. And this is something I've learned how to deal with over the years, how to structure my days and realize, you know, some things are more important than others, like my health and, and how to kind of, to live life. But back then being, being young and, and having to do a lot of different things and, you know, you're not really around a supportive structure at all, or somebody that even understands uh, your, maybe your background with, with abuse or with the bipolar stuff. And I haven't really been diagnosed at that point yet. So right there, we're at a real trouble point. That's a big trouble point I was at. And then I, had to, I went to the, uh, I went, what happened was it was so bad that me and my girlfriend ended up calling my parents saying, Hey, can you come down, drive down? And, and, and we just, I just need help. I don't know what to do. And uh, they drove down and ended up taking me to a hospital, get me checked out. The hospital said, yeah, he needs to go to a psychiatrist. Well, turns out they had put me into like a, one of those psychiatric but like buses and we you know drove me off to the psychiatric facility and you know this was all very surreal to me because it was like i I don't know how well it's being explained to me but i was so out of it and also I, i just didn't feel like it was something that you needed to do it that way but you know that can be touched in another episode as well but that's what happened and i went there um they had to sign a thing. They had a room for me. I went to the room. I was extremely nervous and alone, scared. 
And I was like, this is not me. This shouldn't be me. I'm supposed to be in school right now, like doing well, like being happy and, you know, meeting girls and going to parties and like just enjoying being on campus and exercising and feeling healthy. And I was in this psychiatric ward, you know, room, which was, uh, which I'll go into great detail in another episode about. We'll save that. But uh, then, you know, after a certain period of time, uh, I was able to get out after them putting me on several medications. And when I was out, um, the, then I was, you know, I had to find a doctor immediately to, to, they had to hand me off to a doctor basically. So they would see me regularly. And this doctor would see me like once a week, um, very close, staying very close with trying all these different medicines. And um, it was a very, I mean, every week, once a week, go in. Sometimes it was a couple times a week. Um, and then it was m more or less um, every two weeks. And it was once a month and, every, and then once every two months. And this went on and on and on and on. Uh, and, and if I've had another manic episode, it would come back to scale back again until I changed, ended up changing doctors down the road uh, and stuff like that. But they had me try all these different medicines like Paxil and all these antidepressants, antipsychotics and all these medicines until one day I met a doctor who um, is currently my doctor um, and we were able to get it whatever I was on down to just a mood stabilizer, a very low dose of a mood stabilizer, um, just to stabilize my mood. Uh, the number one thing they wanted to do with bipolar. And then uh, because I have anxiety, um, I, I take anxiety medicine, uh, low dose of that. And that's an as needed because the medicine I was on before was not as needed and that caused problems. And also um, a sleeping medication, which is uh, Ambien, which is as needed as well, which I want to wean off of and I've been trying to. That's another story. But that sort of kind of caught me up to, you know, uh, well, I should say from then getting out of there, trying to get, you know, graduating and then working all kinds of odd jobs in retail because the economy was down in 2008 when I graduated and finally got a job and a career in the recruiting field for a long time and actually about to start a new job um, very soon at the end of this month, near the end of this month. So there's a lot, there's a lot that I've been through to this point and there's definitely, it shows in my lifestyle where I am now uh, and where, and then also I, of where in my thoughts, where I want to be. But uh, I think it. I think that because I'm on a good, um, how would I say it? Just the the low amount of medicine that I'm on, and the way I'm able to manage it, I just take it at night. So I do it all at night, unless I need an anxiety, I'll take that whenever I need it. Um, it's it's so much. It's the most manageable thing I've 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 had for medicines in my up in my whole life. Um, so it, it's, it makes me nervous when I talk about it still a little bit, but it helps. And, and that's why I'm doing this podcast because it helps me. And I would love to talk to others so much. I hope you understand how much I would love to talk to others so that we can share each other's stories. We can hopefully connect. Um, I hope that what I'm saying connects with some of you out there. Uh, I hope it makes you feel like you're not the only one, uh, that there are places there's a lot of places online. There's a lot of places in person. And this is a lot of, I've seen a lot of other podcasts out there too, 
but um, I really want to speak to that. I'd love to speak with, um, like I said, if you want to um, leave an email, you can send me an email and put whatever you want in it. You can tell me if you want to be anonymous or not, or just want to use like a name. If you want to speak with me over the podcast, I have the capability to do that. Um, we can, we can either, you can ask me questions. You can ask advice like, Hey, I'm this old and you know, I'm on this, or I, I'm doing this, I'm struggling with this. And I can, I, I, like I said, I can't give you medical advice, but I can say he, he, here, excuse me, here is what worked uh, for me. Uh, and I would suggest you research this. I would suggest you become an advocate on this. And I would just want to like talk with you and see, also see how we may differ or be the same. Uh, because I haven't really speak, haven't really spoken with anyone who has bipolar, uh, male or female. M you know, my whole life, I've I've uh, a few come and gone, but I haven't really been able to con compare and contrast, and that's been really tough too for me. Um, just not. It's a very, you know, mystified uh, diagnosis, which now we're barely, you know, touching on. And I think sometimes when I tell people, if, if I do and when I do tell people I have bipolar disorder, it's like you have to know when to tell people sometimes. But I'm, I'm just wanting, wanting to demystify that, too, for them. And it's it doesn't have to be, <clears throat> excuse me a scary thing for other people because you know you'll see in the news this person killed this person oh they had bipolar disability well we really have to clear that thing up that that person killed that person because that person killed that person yeah it may be because they had something to do with bipolar but it may not at all so it, we really have to talk about these things and get them out there to to, to help each other so listen thank you for for listening today um, this is going to be just a quick 30 minutes today but i think i'm gonna do an hour next time it's um, at um, what's what well, I'm losing my train of thought. Outpatient podcast at gmail.com. Please reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. I'm excited to do this again. I'm going to try and do this uh, twice or three times a week and um, tune in for next week. Really do. Thank you very much. Talk with you.